This podcast is rated M for Mature by the Outer National Council of Fellows. Babies, consider yourselves advised. Also, this podcast discusses game characters, plot lines, and design owned by their respective developers and publishers. Please support their games. Welcome to another episode of Game Stories Reloaded. <laughs> We're playing Red Dead Redemption for the second session today. And, uh,. We're going ahead, and, uh, oh, man, I'm cutting out a big chunk right here, because that was bad. Um, <laughs> because it's our third session. Uh, my name's Jacob Nickel, and I am um, the Red Dead aficionado, the biggest fan. I'm the only one who likes it, obviously. Wow. Okay. Only you. That was my intro. Love oh, it. Oh, boy. Or hate it. Well, Take it or leave it. <laughs> gonna leave that one aficionado this is rude well I'm Chris I am the youngin from Colorado and despite what Jake here says I am the true red dead aficionado I'm Danny McBride and I also like to party <laughs> <laughs> alright that's intense alright red dead fans great I I'm not a Red Dead fan. I love the game. I like to break games. So, I like to have some fun with this jank of a game. With no updates. Get him. Get him. (laughs) Who are you? Did you say who you were? Yeah. I'll say it again. I am... David. And I play janked up games or try to find ways to jank up games. You're, you're David, son of whom? Oh, man. Son of David? Of David? I'm quite long line of lineages of David. David. Wow, is that is that really? Yeah, I'm the third That's in my that? generation. So you're David Jr. 3.0? Mm-hmm. Ready to come at you. Dope. Something I never knew about you. Hail in the land of Monte. This chapter is the wild horse chapter, I like to call. <laughs> well, it's Wild Horse's Tamed Passion, I think is the full title. <laughs> Beforehand, before I got into that chapter, uh, I was doing some, a few side missions, one which was um, uh, get, doing the bounties. So, uh, midway do, of uh, doing a bounty, um, I had some mishaps with my horse, ended up being a wild horse itself. Uh, I was uh, going towards the marker, and then uh, I accidentally ended up being at the edge of a cliff and uh, tried to save my horse and go off to the right and kind of fell off the edge of the cliff. 
I kind of wanted to test the physics here, I guess you could say, but uh, <laughs> I ended up doing like a power body slam on my horse. Granted, the horse took the blood of the damage, so I survived. But uh, <laughs> so you survived. I'm Good, glad. <laughs> of course, mm -hmm. you learned a valuable lesson about gravity. Mm -hmm. It was great. It was even better as the little hint that came out was like, "Boy, you're bleeding. You should get some some of that medicine you got earlier from that mission and heal yourself." And I was like, "Nah, I'll just walk it off." And yeah, <laughs> surprisingly, it takes you like three seconds to heal broken bones and internal bleeding. It's pretty great. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, I ended up finishing that mission and getting uh, the bounty and all that. It just sucked because then I, I kind of lost my horse. So I was just like, well, I'm horseless now. This is great. But luckily, Wild Horses, this mission uh, saved my butt because uh, when I returned for the mission, uh, I went straight to Bonnie's house, you know. Always got to check up on Bonnie. Got to see what she's doing, you know. Her, her doors are always open to me, so I stepped on in. Um, but... I guess I bit too much for what I, uh, I didn't expect what I, what I was uh, walking into because uh, uh, the scene kind of like I walked in I was like hey Bonnie immediately just flags go up because you know I see her and then I see another man a man I haven't recognized yet and uh, she's preparing tea for them and uh, she's like hey meet my dad uh, it's Drew McFarlane mm -hmm. tall mm -hmm. Dark and handsome, with a massive white as snow mustache carpeting his entire upper lip. In fact, you can't even see his lower lip. It carpets both lips. He's got a uh, rugged nose, rugged lips, I would assume, <laughs> and... He's got a big hat on, I think, in this nope. scene. Although, not in the picture I'm currently looking He's at. not wearing a hat, sir. <laughs> You are a liar. He is the primary owner of the ranch, but also a major pushover that made his daughter Bonnie give up an entire life to basically become the owner of the ranch herself. I, I don't know about that. But, I mean... <laughs> upon meeting Drew... Oh yeah, there's Amos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Amos. But I mean... About media Drew, you're really <laughs> underselling him, Jake. I'm, I'm telling you, this, it, like Drew is a man, man's. Granted, he does have a thick caterpillar handlebar mustache, but man, he rocks it. He's pretty good. He's up there for me as uh, best men's here, best best men in these games. But yeah, I walk into that uh, firestorm and I'm just like, oh crap, it's the dad. Oh, these scenes are always fun. It's always great to meet the parents. You know, John Marston sits on down. He's just like, how's it going, sir? And this sir's just right off the bat. Drew's just like, I hear you're working for the government. And then John's like, oh, well, yeah, I am. I'm doing some missions. And he's just like, yeah, I hear you're an assassin. Killing people and such. And he's just like, no, sir. I'm just here to get uh, Williamson. You know? And then Drew kind of hints about how big his mission is because he infers he knows who hired him big wig up in the government places and I'm just like oh here we learned a little bit more about John Marston I don't know who this big wig is but I guess he's important and Drew decides to take it upon himself to give us a political science study of the wild west as he goes off and talks about how it is the west came to be 
for him when he was young in his age, you know. He's like, when I was young, I had to fend off Indians, I had to fend off starvation, you know, wildlife. It really goes really deep into it. It gets really personal. He even talks about how when the famine came in, how he lost a daughter to sickness. Good men he's seen die. Good men who were strong and able and capable, but yet, you know, this this wild west just scooped them up and ate them up. Yeah, and as he's talking about that, do you remember what Bonnie's doing? Bonnie's just making tea. <laughs> she's just being a good old woman. <laughs> like, like, she's just like, I'm serving you guys some tea. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, uh, he begins to then go straight into government and clearly shows his dislike of government involvement in, a t- in small towns. And, you know, he's just like, I don't appreciate government agents coming in spying and killing people. You know, it's, not, it's just not right for this town. And then, but then he's just like, but you, Marston, you're a good man. He's like, you can stick around, stay with us. He was like, well, thank you. Then Bonnie just hops up around the corner. She says, you know what? Dad, he can help us out right now. We need some help. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, he can. Why not? Let's see what you got, boy. And Marston, puzzled about what his new task is now, just says, what is it? What are you guys doing? And Drew's just like, well, we're going to get ourselves some horses. Immediately ends the cutscene, and we shift out into outside the house. We get on our horses... Yeah, me, Bonnie, and Drew now, so we got ourselves a little posse. We start heading out. We go into hold up, uh, hold an open up. area. You're missing something Ooh. important, David. Oh, am I? Before you mount Dang. up, Bonnie turns to Marston and gives him a special item. Do you remember what that was? Really? Oh, that's right. How could I forget? How could I be a rancher? Bonnie's like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Get yourself a lasso, sir. <laughs> Make you a ratchet out of you yet. She says, just like, You're gonna need this, Mr. Marston. <laughs> wink, wink. Thank, thank you, kindly. Clearly, just for, you know, getting some horses, clearly. No, no, nothing more than that. Sure. So, yeah, after receiving the lasso, we go out into the range. Open field, we find ourselves a little, 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 little group of horses. And uh, Drew's just like, Well, sh- Rattle him up, boy. He's just like, take out that lasso and whip him. Oh, oh whip him, but <laughs> grab him. So, you know, this part was kind of interesting for me because I had to relearn uh, how to do this. Mm. It was kind of difficult because, um, I mean, let alone the, actually riding the horses is a bit difficult maneuverability-wise, but then trying to also lasso or, say, even fire weapons, per se, is difficult, especially when you don't know where you're looking at. So... I tried to grab one of these horses, but I looked to the right. Well, it was quite unsuccessful as I ran into a tree. And then my whole just scream went like, <laughs> like shaked all around because my horse started freaking out against that. Oh, it was great. But, I mean, after a few little foibles, I finally got one. You know, prompted me to get off my horse. I hopped off that horse and just got close to it as, as the rest of the sad characters helped roped in the horse. And then, uh, we got introduced to a new mechanic in the game, breaking a horse. So, John hoisted himself up, and the wild horse started going crazy, jumping about, trying to kick me off, and I guess you're just supposed to use the analog sticks to keep yourself centered. Yeah. So, 
takes quite a while, at least. I, I'd like to think it, it doesn't take that long, but I'm not too sure. I think you have to stay centered, or I just kind of, like, go start leaning towards the opposite way the horse starts to throw me. So, yeah, it does. It does take quite a while. It does sometimes. Um, like, if the horse is bucking to the right and you're supposed to be leaning to the left, sometimes you'll have overcorrected. So you do have to yeah. actually adjust it based on Marston versus the horse, but it's normally it's normally all the same thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's a very cool camera angle, too. Did you want to talk about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is quite interesting because it kind of just zooms in directly onto the horse and John Marston from, like, a three-quarters angle, and then you just start camera starts following mostly it's mostly the horse because the horse will start bucking back and forth and then it'll start to turn right or left and the camera just slowly pans and follows up until the point till you finally break it and upon breaking the horse the camera realigns right behind john just symbolizing the horse is yours <laughs> yeah. and then drew comes over and he's like well good job boy i guess you can do it he's like i'll take this horse from here and then he's just like well i'm really old so you guys can get the rest of the horse. I'll head on back. So, he goes off with the horse that we just uh, got. So, uh... Is that character development? Are we learning what Drew really is? <laughs> just an old man who lets everyone else do his work, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I was going to say a bitch, but... Alright. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, that's true. He's got all this talk, but when it comes down to it, he's like, I'll be on the sidelines. <laughs> I'll be home talking about the government. Go get me some animals, boy. <laughs> so me and Bonnie go, uh, you know, John just makes a quick remark about, like, oh, your dad's kind of a character. And she's like, well, he's dead. He's worked hard. Let's get get let's get going on these next horses. So, you know, we find another group. You know, I lasso that horse and just repeat the process. Get off my horse. Break that horse. A lot easier the second time. I feel like the first one was, like, it, I mean, it all it is all a tutorial, but I feel like after the first time, it, it tends to get somewhat easier. I think it depends on the horse, because certain horses have, like, I guess, um, rarities. But yeah, upon breaking the second horse, you know, we just uh, lead it back to the good old McFarland farm, where Drew's waiting for us, and he's like, about time, he's like, that's good, you got a horse. He's like, Ailes told me there's a bunch of horses out in the middle of nowhere, go get them. <laughs> we're just like, oh boy. Bonnie's just like, well, we best go get him. Come on, Marston. And we just go running on our horses. Um, go down basically canyon. Halfway down the canyon, we meet up with Amos and his men. And uh, we go running into this large valley. And then we see a large group of us. I think there's like six of them. So, and then it becomes a repeat of the cattle mission where you gotta just drive these horses towards the end of the canyon where there's going to be a dead end so had a little bit of jank there because there would be a couple horses that would decide to stray from the path but they would like jiggle like a good hundred feet away and i would have to like find them and then uh, force them back into the herd and then finally push them back it was a mission i don't know did did you have uh bonnie or did you have marston talking to bonnie about anything in At least in my playthrough, I didn't, only because I was kind of gun ho because the moment I was like, oh, there are the horses, I just sped off and left them in the dust. Well, um, when they're traveling from the ranch down to 
um, this this herd of horses that they're getting down by Armadillo, so they uh, have quite a little bit of ride. And uh, Marston just kind of asks out of the blue, why Bonnie's still single? And it's like, you must have been a catch back in the day. <laughs> and uh, oh, Bonnie's right. like, uh, I caught that past tense. Must have been. <laughs> and then, he ought to correct uh, himself. She she actually explains why she's single, and she's like, "Yeah, the ranch didn't have a lot of dudes a lot around, and you know, I just had to be the the man of the ranch because my bro left, and Pa's frail, and Amos only can do so much, so she just had to step up." And uh, Marston was like, "Well, I think." You're man enough for two men. <laughs> and she's just like, all right, sure. And then Marston's like, you remind me of my wife. Yeah. Making an awkward situation worse. Oh, yeah, I do remember. <laughs> I was an awkward. And he's just like, oh, dang, that's a shame. It's like, I figured there'd be some good suitors for you. And she's like, nah. It's okay. It's like I'll be the exactly just I'll be the man of this place. And then obviously we we go to that side comment. She's man enough for two men. Who knows what John Marston's trying to hint at or go about with that comment? We won't know, or will we? Because <laughs> he's faithful. He's a good man. Mm, that's up to you. There is an honor system in the game. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, <laughs> upon getting the horses like back onto the mission where we finally corral them into the end of the canyon, you know, Amos and his men, they get them. Like, we got them horses. I don't know who tries it, but one of the sad saps tries to break a horse, and it's the the stallion horse. It's, it's, the, it's the majestic horse. It's the leader of the pack. And that horse straight up just <laughs> drops the sorry helper onto the floor and just makes a run for it. And then Bonnie just quickly snaps me and she's like, Go get him, Marston! You got this stallion! And I'm just like, Yes, ma'am! And I go running. Now, I won't lie, the, the stallion was actually quite fast. It, it got, like, leaps and bounds ahead of me. It took me a while before I actually finally caught up to it. And then the difficulty of running and trying to lasso it at the same time. But when I finally caught it... How did you catch up to it? Did you have something happen to you that happened to me? I don't know. I kind of just like, I think legit I tired it out because I kept chasing it. There came to a point where it started to just circle, make circles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. It, yeah. It just started to go in circles as if like it got, it got lost and then started, I don't know whether it was lost or just got tired. So he just started going in circles around a cactus or around just little areas in the environment. And then I was just like, oh, Okay. Lasso. <laughs> no, it was the for my situation. It kind of got real janked because, like, I lassoed it in between like these two cactuses. So when I ended up <laughs> going to break the horse, I had a awkward camera angle where it was really zoomed in, and like a cactus would block like a quarter, quarter to half my screen at certain times as it would angle around the horse, the stallion. But I mean. Well, thankfully, I was able to break it because it was really hard to see whether I was making 
sure Marston was balanced or not. But, you know, bum breaking it, you know, you're right back to Barney. Like, look at my horse. Look at the stallion I broke that your men couldn't break. And she's just like, that stallion looks real good with you, Marston. How about you keep it as a thank you for helping us? And I'm just like, yes, ma'am. Completely let me, but you know what? I'm pretty sure it'll make its way home. And that I kind of just went off to mm -hmm. town. Beautiful. Because it was pretty close. Best part is, you got a horse again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a good one. Mm-hmm. It was quite convenient. Because... <laughs> And I'm treating this salad nicely. This salad ain't gonna fall off like the side of a cliff and, you know, die for me. David, what does your new stallion look like? Oh, the, my new stallion's a spirit. Straight, just tan and beige all around. With a bit of blonde <laughs> for its hair. What was your stallion's? Sounds cute. Were they different or were they the same? Mine was different. It was just like a pure white horse. See? And didn't really have any detail to it. I wanted a pure white horse. Right. But I mean, I'm happy with the stallion I got. Yeah, mine was just all gold. It was. Oh, yeah, like, so yeah. you got the same thing. Yeah, it was beige, and then it had like a white mane. Oh, you just had a white mane? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not important what mine was like, because I still have my war horse. You're <laughs> the one who gets to keep the stallion. Oh, do you keep your war horse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the best horse in the game. <laughs> That's cool. Looks like me and David are stuck with second best. For now. Not fair. I also found out that that poker suit I have is actually not a cheating poker suit. I thought it was. I don't know where I read that. <laughs> but no, it just That's lets you cool. play uh, high-stakes poker. At least it looks. It just lets you look nice. dapper. That's what it's for. Yeah, yeah so I yeah. thought I kind of went to town. Though, on the way to town... And then a quick interject. I ended up going on a little hill with the with, with the house, which was happened to be like that same hill we ended up killing the top half of McGee's guy. And there was an old man, and he was just like, brr, 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 I'm old. And then John was like, hey, let me buy your house. I like it. And I bought it for 200 bucks. Oh, is that... Coach, that's him. part of a quest. Did you start that quest? Is that? Yeah. That was... Uh, I didn't... I just... I just happened upon the old the sky. I don't know if it was part of a quest. Yeah, so that's the that's the Pleasant's house where you fight the Walton, the bald dude yeah. with the top hat. But yeah, the uh, between Bonnie's house and Armadillo, that little question mark that's on yeah. like, the uh, the ridge going down. There's a dude that asks you to buy that Go land because then he's going to uh, like put a well there. It's kind of a yeah. So, you just did <laughs> I didn't that. Know. I just walked up because it was a big question mark, and I was like, oh, I like mysteries. Because the last one I did was like this guy with the wand of dousing. But I didn't really. Oh! Well, yeah, that was the dude. That's the dude. He's asking oh. you to buy that oh, okay. territory. Because I... <laughs> he's got a dousing rod, and okay, he found so that was the there was water there. there. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I know there were two separate quests. I just happened to find this guy who wanted. To search for gold. Yeah, you just happened to complete the quest that you needed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was gonna lie, I was kind of tempted to just kill him and take the land. The deed on hand and no mm. one would know. You know, he has no friends. He made that very clear. Yeah. But, you know, I remember I was an upstanding citizen and, you know, I got a lot of money from just poaching people. <laughs> That's very upstanding of you. <laughs> 
Well, we're like Ted Corpse, excuse me, dead people. I ended up killing some bandits and I looted their bodies. They got a lot of money. Comparably, that's not very evil at all because I had a challenge with uh, an herbalist guy and picked some herbs faster than he did. And then to rub it in his face, I just lassoed him up. <laughs> but uh, I, I was like, I got to keep my honor up. So I, I put him underneath his little makeshift shelter that he had made. So <laughs> I'm sure he didn't die. I'm sure he's fine. I think I, did, I think I had a similar shenanigan. Not like to that extent, but like there was a bandit when I, I when I saved some guy, some innocent victim. I killed the bandit. And I accidentally hogtied the victim. And I was like, you know what? You're coming with me. And I took him back to Armadillo with me. The whole time he was just like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you a free ride, man. I, People don't get hospitality. I was like, I'm taking you to safety. Of course, like, I'm back in the town and, and, and uncut him. He kind of like went running off around the yeah. town. Yeah. But you know what? He should, you know. I was, I was happy. I felt like I did my civil duty and uh, got him to safety. All a day's work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't know and what was good for him. Exactly. Went straight to and then went straight to that sheriff's uh, sheriff's. Yeah. Wow. Sheriff's station. Nailed for it. That next mission. Hmm. <laughs> Alright. So uh, now that we got that uh, fancy new horse, um, we. Move into Armadillo, where uh, Marston decides to visit the marshal. Uh, and when he walks into the uh, station, he sees that uh, the marshal's fiddling with the old telephone and doesn't appear to work. And uh, the marshal remarks that, Ah, don't worry about it, John. I'm sure they'll be around soon to fix this thing. And Marston mentions that suddenly the world is full of vase. And it really shows that uh, the West is becoming a lot more modernized by society. And it's a lot less personal. Could you describe that telephone, actually? Oh, yeah. So the telephone that uh, the Marshall has, it's uh, one of those old telephones that has a little cup on it um, that you like put up to your ear and a little speaker that you hold on to. Um, and he's trying to get it to work, but... It's uh, probably just not connected to the line, I'm assuming, is what the problem is. Yeah, I don't know if they modeled it with any wires. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> they were trying to make the world's first uh, cellular device. But, uh, so yes, this uh, little philosophical conversation that John and uh, the Marshal are having is interrupted by a... Uh, Another scout that uh, tells them about some information from the field. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say scout. It's more like his second deputy. His, uh... Eh, scout deputy, man. No, no, no. Well, he is also a scout, I guess. Well, comes in running the big old man, Eli. Now, Eli, <laughs> like, the best way I could describe Eli is just straight out of my cement Lenny. He's just this large, big old man. Comes in very urgently with his message just being like hey did some scouting but quickly you could tell that like Eli he seems a little bit more mild mannered he's more attentive calm and though there's one physical thing you clearly see with Eli which makes you ponder his being you know who he is you end up noticing he's got a got a, something up with his eye I don't know 
think it's a lazy eye. But yeah, we get we get introduced to Eli, big old man, big bald guy, about like double the size of Marston. It's like he could really rest on anybody in the town, look. Let alone bandits as well. Which What's his hat like? It's like a tiny hat, honestly, it's kinda of funny. <laughs> He's got a tiny hat for his big old head. <laughs> oh man. This is this little white hat. So yeah. I remember it's quite it's nice because he's just he's, he's kind of funny actually I remember because he walks in big old guy his his vest only fits on with one button so that is Eli uh Eli tells us that uh, the information that he has is a gang of baller twins uh hired some uh some guys to go to Pike's Basin and rustle up some cattle and possibly some horses from uh, some of the people there. And being the uh, law-bringing men that they are, they decide that this needs to be put to an end, and uh, the marshal asks John to join them, which John does without much hesitation. And so they exit the station uh, with Eli, Jonah, and John and Marshall, and they mount on their horses and head off to the basin to stop the gang. And on the way, Jonah starts some uh, starts a little bit of a fight with John, saying that he doesn't like him because he's a city boy. And John does a nice little retort, saying that uh, Jonah's just a little dog to the marshal, which Jonah <laughs> takes a lot of offense to. And so they got a nice little love-hate relationship going on now. Um, and that's when we arrive at the basin. And uh, Marshall tells everyone to dismount so they can head in on foot and take out the gang. Uh, the Marshall says that he would rather have them all incapacitated if possible. But Jonah's just like, screw that, I'm just going to shoot everyone in there. <laughs> the boy is bloodthirsty. And so the group heads on in, and uh, they are fired upon by the gang. The gang was lying in wait. They knew they were coming, so they set up a little ambush in the canyon. There's a guy up on a cliff shooting down, and they got about three men on the ground level uh, shooting at Marston and his company. Uh, so Marston uh, reacts quickly. So I took cover behind a rock to the left, and uh, since the guy up on the cliff could see me pretty easy, I decided to dead-eye him and just shoot him in the head. And he does a little funny Wilhelm scream when he falls off of the cliffside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Wilhelm screams that are heard oh, in yeah. this mission. There's a lot of cliffs every time they fall off a cliff. I don't think I've heard one yet. Really? Maybe I'm not paying attention. Yeah. Oh, that's upsetting. The yes. Wilhelm scream makes it amazing. Yeah, it really makes the mission. Um, yeah. So... Then I uh, took some shots at the other three guys. I took out two of them. Marshall took out the other one, which was really nice. Eli and Jonah have yet to prove their worth. Just sitting in the back and letting the other two do everything. And so um, the uh, canyon, as they move up, begins to fork. And uh, there's a left path and a right path. Uh... Marshall tells the Eli and uh, Jonah to take the path on the left and leaves the decision of where I wanted to go up to me. 
And so I decided to go with Marshall because he is a truly, he truly is a man's man. And I can't leave someone like that by themselves. <laughs> Just point of order. <laughs> Did any of us go with Eli no. and Jonah? Nope. <laughs> Enough said. Good to know. <laughs> you have to bask in the glory of the Marshall. <laughs> and so, uh, we went up the hill, or the uh, little uh, path on the right, which uh, had a little hill going up on the side of the canyon. Um, and there, uh, I shot two more men who were guarding the little pass, and uh, it then led to a rounding corner where one of their troop or one of their little goons was uh, lying in wait. Um, and so I shot him off the cliff with my rifle, um, and he fell off, and he did a regular scream. He didn't do a Wilhelm, which was a bit unfortunate, because oh. it looked a bit comical shooting him with the rifle there. It was pretty point-blank, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, after that, there's another guy, um... Across the way, uh, you could see Eli and uh, Jonah's path starting to uh, come to view. Um, so I, there was a guy shooting at them, so I decided to take him out. And just to make Jonah mad, I tried to incapacitate him, <laughs> uh, shot him in the shoulder, which put him down. But yeah. unfortunately, he got back up and still tried to fire at him. I was like, darn, can't make Jonah mad today. So I ended up having to kill him, too. Um, and upsetting the marshal, I'm afraid. He wanted to just take him alive. Take but him alive. It's just a bloodbath now. There's no redemption here. Yeah, I don't think it's possible to do that mission and not just kill everybody. Because whether you incapacitate them or not... Because I did, a, I did, I did mo some tries as well where I tried to shoot people in the leg and just have them crawl and... Keep him alive, but Jonah or, or Eli will just straight up shoot him. Oh, mm -hmm. Wow! So now, you did can't... any of you try to hog tie him? See, I tried. That's what I was trying to do before Jonah or Eli would kill him. I them. did not have the lasso at this point because I did the Marshall mission before Bonnie gave. Dang! So I guess this is just doomed to be a bloodbath. <laughs> There's no way to do this nice and uh, peacefully. Did you hogtie someone and then execute him? No, I didn't try to hogtie anyone. <laughs> That's why I was asking you guys. I just shot people in the legs and in the arms. That's true. You know, in front of, I did find out that you can execute people. I didn't know this. Really? Yeah. Um, I ran up to, like, I shot one in the leg, or shot two in the leg, basically. The guy still got up, but he put his hands up as if you were like, hey, I'm going to surrender. And I kind of instinctively just shot him, but Marston went straight up with his rifle and shot him point blank from the temple of the head, through the head. And I was just like, dang, i never seen it before. <laughs> Marston has ice in his veins. Yeah, it was something I'd never yeah. seen in the game before, so it really caught me by I'm surprise. I'm going to have to try to replicate that now. <laughs> Hello, people of Armadillo. <laughs> Guess who's here? They got a new sheriff in town. And so, alright, back to the uh, little massacre that's going on here. Um, so the path that uh, was forked, it eventually converges, and you meet back up with Eli and Jonah. 
and uh, there's a small before little. Before that, don't you have snipers? Um, yeah, that's while you're grouping back up. There's some snipers. Yeah, did you? Uh, I mean, I I found out something that I was doing with the snipers that I hadn't really done until this point in the game. What was that? What did you do? Oh, the smoke. Would you identify people by the smoke, or did you just see him? I just saw him. I implemented yeah, the, the uh, jank system of auto-aim, which was really useful this mission. <laughs> this, right. this is also All something right. I used for people that were really far away. Like, well, I was... Uh, I'm sitting far away from my TV screen, because I'm doing like that whole... Uh, like what's safe for your eyes thing where you have to sit so far away if the screen's so big. So I could I can't really see things that are tiny dots. even slightly far away. <laughs> so uh these snipers were a challenge for me to see cuz they were like wearing like tan trench coats and the entire fucking canyon's tan. <laughs> so I was waiting for those blasts of smoke and it was really cool to see that level of detail really made them stand out. Oh. And it's just kind of this puff cloud of smoke oh, that, that you know remains yeah. only I, I for a couple that. seconds. But yeah. yeah. It's using your brain right there. Mm-hmm. Better than what I was doing, just Maybe. popping an aim mode and <laughs> going out of it. Yeah, just be popping heads just Aim fire, aim fire, aim fire, and just watching Tom Harsley <laughs> with with like dead precision killing people in the chest or headshotting them. It's quite entertaining. Hell yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, after uh, the group meets up, uh, takes out the snipers. Um. There's a small camp on the side of the canyon that uh, the group takes out. Uh, there's about two men in there. Uh, they get. They put up a bit of resistance, but they really have no cover, so uh, (laughs) they get shot down pretty quick. Um, And uh, you get to refill your ammo there, because I was just rapid firing. I was almost out. (laughs) I needed that nice, sweet ammo. Nearing the end of the canyon, where the uh, main group of wrestlers are, and where the cattle are, uh, and with the hostages as well, they took the uh, rancher's hostages. Um, farm hands. Or yeah, farm ranch hands. hands. Ranch hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when we get to this part, uh, I was up on a ledge on the left side of the canyon, and here kind of gets like a cul-de-sac kind of thing going on, where it's uh, got a high rise on the left, where there's a cliff, and then it uh, falls down into where the center is uh, the lowest point of the canyon, and that's where they are. And then uh, the path kind of goes down as you go around that little cul-de-sac kind of thing. Um, and so they didn't know we were coming, even though there were a lot of gunshots going on. So they were completely oblivious to what was about to happen. Um, so on the marshal's order, uh, we just open fired from the cliffside and took them out like fish in a barrel. Um <laughs> And clean up the rest of the gang members. I ran down there uh, with a pistol and uh, took out any stragglers that survived the initial ambush and uh, rescued the hostages. Um, and so after that, uh, the marshal comes up and thanks us for helping. 
Um, and as payment, uh, he offers to find out what he can about Bill Williamson, and he rides off. And we know that we've done some good work today, slaughtering everyone and taking no prisoners. There's also something Eli mentions to the marshal before we leave. No, I don't remember what Eli said. Uh, care to remind me? Yeah, so Eli's like, oh yeah, I heard from uh, a bunch of people in town that we've got another problem with a, uh, a Mr. West Dickens has gone missing. That's He's right. done a lot to help the people of this town, and we're really worried about him. Oh, How can I forget about the mention of West Dickens? How can you forget about the dick? Come on. <laughs> just, just a bad, bad player of Red Dead is what you are. That's true, you're right. You are the aficionado. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thanks for the recognition. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's kind of the uh, cliffhanger you're given at the end of that mission. And it feeds right into the next mission, which, should you choose to accept it, is called not women and cattle. <laughs> it's it's old, the search for uh, old swindler something. Old swindler Damn. blues. Swindler blues. Yes. When I find it, <laughs> this is a big section we're gonna cut out. <laughs> I'm gonna say no flipping section. Here we go. Shit. Because I got all out of order after our last time. Because I played. Well, no. Did I play this? The Dickens Mission? Yeah, I think you did. Yes. I did play this before we recorded last time, but it was one of my next three. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so this was like my seventh mission I played. So we're going way out of order. So my notebook's all messed up. Yeah, mine's but, uh, messed up as well. <laughs> anyway. You play this in any um, order you like, so. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying, like, it's out of order for what we should have done. It's just out of order for the, the way I took notes. Um, all right, so, Old Swindler Blues. I keep on wanting to say Old Swindlers. Old Swindler Blues. blues. No. Yeah. The search for Dick. Old Swindler Blues. Go out. John Marston's riding out. And for me, it's in the cover of Nightfall. We see this dark sky lit by a massive field of stars they're twinkling so brightly twinkle twinkle little star um and it is really gosh guys i'm gonna say for such an old game i am awestruck by how pretty that night sky is in red dead redemption it is a sight to behold um and so we're out in the desert past armadillo and Marston sees this wagon that's kind of, uh, looks like it's been wrecked a little bit. Some bandits have probably visited it. And there's this corpse lying down on the ground. And he's like, hey, <laughs> corpse, you doing all right or are you a corpse? And he notices this guy is still alive. And uh, he, he starts to pick the guy up. And the guy's like, oh, I'm done for. And we put him on the cart, and we learn that his name is... It's Nigel West Dickens. <laughs> now, this man 
is a smooth-talking old gentleman who sports a brown coat, a gray shirt, and a fancy mustache. Mm-hmm. And as well, he also has a very nice top hat. And so this snake oil salesman has a pension for theatrics such as Greek plays, like Othello. And uh, he is very good at salesmanship and showmanship. In fact, he's so good, he could sell milk to a cow if cows had money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would second that because uh, Bonnie told me that I was a cow in my past life. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I bought some milk from him. Um, so... David, or no, Chris, maybe. Chris, if you would, um, I'm going to ask you to take on the role of Marston real quick here. Just reactionary. So Marston and this uh, Mr. West Dickens, as they're driving away, uh, Dickens is definitely playing up the theatrical. Um, so do we want to give him a, a sampler of what this kind of sounded like? Of uh, what Dickens sounded like? Yeah, Dickens, and while Marston was just kind of like, you'll be alright, bud, he's just kind of, as he always is, just kind of like, uh, alright, sure. So yeah, Dickens so, is like, I'm dying from blood loss. God damn it, you're Marston. <laughs> <laughs> no, we I don't want to be Dickens. I know, Dickens is just too amazing. He has the best line. coming for me, Marston, hurry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, David did it. We're good. Um, (laughs) You get the idea. He's a baby. Um, So, yeah, he's like, I'm done for, Marston. But I don't know your name's Marston yet. Kind stranger. uh, we're, (laughs) We're getting on this. We're getting on this black cart. It's a wooden cart as usual, but it's kind of got like a circusy um, vendor cart look. It's very high. It's got like a curvy top to it, and it's got bright circusy letters on the side. Um, N. W. Dickens written real big, real bombastically. So you can tell this guy is into marketing. Um, and you start driving the cart to Armadillo. And uh, Dickens asks who Marston is, and he's like, well, I'm John Marston. And Ooh, Sprankly freaks Dickens the fuck out, and he's like, John Marston, you've come to kill me. <laughs> Not another and, uh, low man in my life. <laughs> he knows that Marston was in a gang somehow, so he's heard of him. Um, all of a sudden, a bunch of bandits on horseback attack. Two of them... Assault from the right as I'm driving down this dirt road. Kind of drive me off the road a little bit. I shoot one with a rifle in the chest. And he kind of uh, <laughs> reels back in his reins in the saddle. And the horse slows down a little. And uh, I try to ram him because why not? I'm not going to try to shoot him again. That's a waste of bullets. And uh, again, we see that uh, collision system at play where he just kind of bounces harmlessly away and survives. (laughs) So he's still alive, and now they're right behind me, and I can't shoot directly behind me with that stupid wagon in my way. So they just shoot one of my horses out from the cart. So now I'm one horse down, (laughs) and Dickens screams, We'll never make it with one horse! (laughs) 
And I'm like, shut up, Dickin. <laughs> Get your head in the game, boy! But then I'm like, oh, this isn't good. So I, I go ahead and I dispatch the guys real quick. I'm I'm not free-aiming anymore. I'm taking up that Rockstar auto-aim. Mm-hmm. I just take them out with headshots. Now, then we can... Huh? <laughs> I'd like to interject. Um, it seems you shot and killed them. Did you try shooting their horses? It's quite entertaining. No, David, all problems are solved by killing animals. No, 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 just hear me out. They're the end. I'm a humane player. <laughs> yes, but I mean, when it comes to shooting, yes, but... look, 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 you're riding. It's an intense situation. You gotta do the quickest and fastest way to deal with these bandits. Now, I found it pretty quick to just shoot the horse's leg and watch the bandit go flying and watch that collision system work as he. A cactus, or yeah. just rolls into a tree, ragdoll status. It's it's quite entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty quick to pop the bandit in the head and save the <laughs> but horse. The horse but, is know, such a bigger target. Be the like horse that. isn't gonna attack you. <laughs> yeah, but the horse is part of the reason why we're in danger. <laughs> it is. I I can't lie. They wouldn't pose much threat if they weren't on horseback. But moving on, um, <laughs> I I continue, and uh, Dickens is like, well, they're on to me because they can't just have somebody who looks nice and is professional and successful. They gotta they gotta drag everybody down. And uh, he says his faith brought him Marston. He's a good Samaritan in a wolf's clothing. God bless him. And then Dickens takes a shot in the head as the next couple of bandits come up and his health drops down to half of what it was before and it starts leaking as I freak out a little bit and then I kill those two more horsemen. But uh, he just keeps losing health and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And I, I just whip my horses into a frenzy and armadillos in sight. And then that health bar drains all the way, and I just oh. see him vomit blood and say, Good night. Good night, sweet world. I had the same thing he just happen. Says, good night. <laughs> and he passes out and falls off the cliff. And then he actually says, Death, I embrace you. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. I forgot. Wrap your arms around me. Yeah, wrap your arms around me. And he just. But yeah, I actually, I tried it again real quick, and my problem was I was going off-road, which Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, It was my same issue, I realized, because I I was like, all right, fastest way to Armadillo. You don't need to take the roads. What are you talking about? The roads is the (laughs) long way. And then he made a slight comment towards the end where it was just like, get off the roads, I don't feel well. And I was just like, oh, is that why I'm draining health, like, so quickly right now? Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I didn't know it was the off-road. I thought it was because I ran into a rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll hurt too. It, it, yeah. It's that weird. But, uh, it's that weird spike turn to the right, right when you get down the little like hill, where you have to go mm-hmm. directly to the right. And it's just like, oh, tight right. Yep. So yeah, we pull into our Modelo on my successful run, and he <laughs> he's still dramatic, and that's when he says, "The death I embrace you. Take me into your arms." And you're just kind of like, stop being so crazy and put him into the doctor's office. And then uh, just waltz back into the town of Armadillo. 
Well, you forget, and, uh, you forget, Jake, upon taking him down the carriage, you know, a good old Dickens uh, kind of lets Marston know that he owes him a great, great debt. That he would love to, that he will pay it back, but on the off chance he dies, that will suck. But if he's uh, if he happens to still be alive, <laughs> it will be worth the save. Yeah. Mm. So we'll see him in the future. I think it is important to note, though, um, on the trip over, he does mention he is not the kind of man who ha- who would have enemies. Mm. What? Sarcasm. A snake oil oh, salesman? <laughs> A man who swindles? Not have enemies? Or have enemies, Celeste? Oh, God. <laughs> right. Yeah, we definitely get the sense that uh, this man has made enemies through uh, dishonest practices. Mm-hmm. Quite interesting, actually. I want to interject here. Um, I did this mission quite early. So when I ended up doing the the bandit mission with the marshal, it was an interesting piece of dialogue where... Uh, Marston and, and and the Marshal exchange their ideas of what they think about good old Dickens. Was it quite... Hold up, hold up, hold up. That's the mission after this. Yeah. Really? They have that little uh, conversation next. Yeah. The, the mission that Chris was talking about, they don't have that conversation before that. They have it before the next one mm-hmm. with Marshall. So you actually didn't play this out of order because you oh. have to play this before that mission that you're talking. Okay, then maybe I'm thinking about the next mission then. All right, <laughs> I'll keep I'll keep this special piece of of dialogue in my pocket for Christian. You just you have Bonnie's missions in a straight line, but you don't quite understand the order of the other ones because <laughs> they're not as important. Bonnie is everything. Bonnie, Bonnie is, is Bay. Life. Bonnie is Bay, which is why you have to go straight home back to her after doing the mission. Granted, I had to fast travel back. I set up a nice <laughs> little campsite right outside of Armadillo, even though I, I had a nice house up on the hill. But, uh, yeah, I slept the night and fast traveled over. And lo and behold, it was dark and gloomy. As I arrived into the McFarland farm, it was quite like unintentional how I started the mission too, because I wasn't really expecting to do a Bonnie mission. I just kind of walked into the town, and I guess it was kind of in the middle of the road, off by a tree, and it just like, bam! I got sucked into a mission, which was a uh, Tempest Looms, I believe it was something like that, or the Doctor. Yeah. And uh, we're we're introduced to quite a scene where. Uh, it's raining and it's thundering outside, and then we get to see uh, quite a character that we've heard about. We never really got to look at, though. Um. Yeah. <laughs> We're introduced to the fabled Amos, the lead ranch hand of the McFarlane Ranch. He's got a classic kind of cowboy hat and another... This one's more of a handlebar mustache, but it's a it's a solid black handlebar mustache. And he's got a cleft chin and overalls that are tan and blend in with his kind of like tannish, uh, I don't want to call it like a, a jumpsuit. It's not a jumpsuit, but it's just like that one piece buttons up the front. 
and uh, it's kind of ruffled, like he's almost wearing a bandana. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I think he is wearing a bandana. The picture <laughs> I'm looking at just kind of blends in. He likes tan. Tan is his color. Clearly. It matches him. Skin tone, clearly. <laughs> yeah, but- and he's kind of the reluctant... But still, the lead ranch hand for some reason. Yeah, the the, the incompetent lead bad rancher, I gotta say, ranch helper, is the scene's just basically him getting all these horses in the barn, and Bonnie comes in and is just like, Amos, what's going on? And he's just like, Miss, I got the chickens, I got the horses, I got, I got them all in the barn. We're good to go. And then Bonnie makes a quick remark, just like, What about the cattle, the livestock? They're still out there in the field. And then Amos uh, quickly goes to me like, Ma'am, all due respect, it's raining and thundering outside. The men would be better <laughs> safe inside and in the safety of an indoor house. And uh, Bonnie's just like, there won't be a place to live if those cattle die. And then... Cows <laughs> are life! <laughs> they for the blood of the farm! And then Marston comes and makes his own little... Slide remarked to Amos, just being like, yeah, come on, Amos. Saddle up, man. It's time to get them cattles. And then we ride off. But as we're riding off, Amos is very, very clearly disappointed about the turn of events. He's just kind of like, really? Yes, man. And just kind of straggles on behind. (laughs) So then we uh, get on our horses and we start riding out. And as we ride out, we see how harsh the weather is. It's actually quite interesting because I never really got... Um, rain yet in Red Dead so it was quite interesting seeing like the weather effects go on in the game and it was actually quite interesting and you know just like you Jake like I had a little all moment of like oh man this game is like 10 years plus already still looks pretty damn good like damn but no Seth as I continue to walk um, Bonnie and uh, and John <laughs> tend to have a interesting interesting conversation as Bonnie remarks of how like why woe is me you know Am I just doomed to have all these ill-fated events happen to me right now? And then she goes to John Marston and just uh, strikes out the question of, Marston, are you a religious man? And quickly, Marston falls the heels on that and just goes like, No, man. No, I'm not. God did not do anything with my life. Everything that happened was because of me and my works. And even now, he begins to mention how only he can help save his son and his wife from the particular situation he is. And then Bonnie remarks saying, you know, I understand, Marston, you're in a difficult situation, but sometimes some people need Jesus. You know, some people rather have belief in a big old book than a big old bottle of whiskey with that sly little under, mm, under punch to Marston, probably, or himself. And he's just like, well, <laughs> ma'am, all right then. And then we uh, end up finding uh, the cattle just spread around this area. And the, we, um, upon getting them, getting close and corralling them, um, they're all around a tree, and it instantly cuts into a small cutscene where lightning just zaps the tree. You know, it's kind of laughable. The effect is just a quick little flash of blue line straight down for a quick yeah, second. I don't think there's even any uh, fire. No, anything, it's just right? a little kind of... blue zap and then I think they, they add the little gun smoke effect though. So it's like a little smoke poops oh, yeah. out. And then the cow go crazy and wild and they're on the run and Bonnie's just like, oh no, we gotta catch him. And she quickly 
shouts commands to Ramen and Gun goes straight to you and says, "March and go in front of them horses, them, them cows. Stop them before they do anything crazy." And then uh, as John starts to go ahead of the, the <clears throat> up ahead, trying to get in front of the cow, yeah, Bonnie's like, "Oh no, they're headed towards the cliff." And for me, I was like, "Oh shoot, this is bad." So, luckily, I had the stallion, so I was able to um, comfortably get up ahead of the cattle, but I was quite confused, because uh, all the, the instructions said was to get in front of the cattle to stop them. But, you know, I did that, and I started doing, like, a whole police side zigzag to slow them down, but um, some of them were not inclined to stopping. They kept moving. Even when they slowed down, it, it was quite... It was, I don't know if you guys had this issue or not, but it ended up with me having six cows just straight up just suicide packing off the cliff <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> yeah my cows were a lot nicer I didn't have that problem it kinda got themselves back mostly because I, I'm terrible at corralling things so I know it wasn't me it was dumb luck it was Jesus what? I think uh, Chris was the only one who was a cow in his past life because, same as David, <laughs> I had four or five cows happily prance right off, <laughs> just kind of staring me in the eye coldly as they took one step, then a second, then a third, and a fourth, plummeting <laughs> to their, their grisly deaths. Yeah, um, so, at least to say when that happened, I wasn't too quite happy to go back to Bonnie and be like, well... I took out like a third of your cows. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's okay. But you know, she she seemed to be unfazed about it because she was at least happy that we saved the rest of them. She's just like, oh, we 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 only lost a few of them, and I was just like, yeah, a few, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so ended up corralling the rest, and we had to had to herd them back to the ranch. Now, at this point, it was really janky because I would get a lot of, like, stray cows that would get stuck on trees or rocks. And I'd have to, like, circle all the way back to find this one cow and have it join the herd. And just to have Bonnie be in the background, nagging me, being like, Come on, Marston, I can't do this by myself. And I'm just like, I'm trying to get the ones that are lost. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing, buddy? <laughs> and in an she's we should repeat this line like, every like 10 seconds so it really got on my nerves to say the least yeah and they really split off a lot more after that whole cliff section yeah I think I had one point where the main herd icon on the map was just like two cows yeah there's a big group of like eight of them scattered that were in like an actual group that I was like why is this not the herd why do I have to tag all these sons of bitches I know yeah. Luckily, you know, the ranch hand actually does help a bit, I think. You know, I, I think uh, the cows were given at least David difficulty uh, because he was killing all the other animals to achieve his goals. They knew. <laughs> they, they knew my killer intent. Mm -hmm. It was in retribution against you that they did it. <laughs> They'd rather take out themselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they don't want to face the horrors of John Marston. But they're not my cattle. <laughs> not yet. That's why they don't listen to you, I guess. Mm, this is true. 
But I mean, after all the jankiness of like trying to corral them, even though they were all scattered, they finally got him like, oh, hurtled into that little bit of the corral. Yeah, and the mission, thankfully, was over. And you know, as the mission ends, you know, clearly like five hours pass or two hours pass, because like the moment the mission ended, you know, the the thunderstorm just magically disappeared. And I was just like, oh, thank the Lord. I can see clearly now. The rain, rain has gone. <laughs> I can see, and, uh, <laughs> see, I can see all the cattle in, in my, my way. way. <laughs> Falling off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what were our final numbers here? Can we get a reveal? Oh, man. Well, actually, it's quite obvious. Chris clearly had all 20 of his. Oh yeah, I opened the cow whisper. <laughs> there were twenty-one. Yep. So Chris, twenty-one. Uh, yeah, twenty-one or twenty-two if you include me. <laughs> All right, because you got yourself back safe and you sound. You know what? Maybe oh, yeah. that's why. Maybe John Marston spoke to the at least in my playthrough. He spoke to the cows and told them, "Hey, you'll be reincarnated as a real person if you end your life here." Right. <laughs> you could be me and so they ran off all six of them leaving only 14 behind but those six will be reincarnated as bandits that I will kill <laughs> if, if only they had names then we could actually <laughs> assign names to bandits yeah, one, two, um, I, I had 17 I don't know if I just said that or not um, <laughs> so and clear as <laughs> Like, I want to get that out there. I did pretty good, even though I had some cows trot off. Yeah, clearly um, I was the one who suffered the most losses. And what really made me feel good after that storm cleared, Bonnie goes, Hey, you might make a decent rancher someday. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then my honor bar pops up and calls me Honor Honest Joe. You know, it's just like, dang, I, game, thank you. That is true. I, I, <laughs> for me, when that came up, it was quite confusing because I, I was like, I killed six of your cows, but you know what? If that's good enough to be a rancher, man, dang, give me Amos's position, man. I'm just wondering what he's doing. But yeah, game. Honestly, everybody did more than Amos. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But yeah, the Honest Joe... That's right. That's when you get like the first um, tick, right? Filled up with your honor yeah. bar. The mm -hmm. honest Joe. How much honor did you get, by the way, out of that mission? I think it was a solid amount, like probably another twenty or something. Yeah, I don't remember myself exactly how. I leave. I remembered it only because it was less than every other mission. Every other mission gave me like a hundred. Well, no, it gave me a hundred, I guess, but. Last mission I went on was 150, so I was like, was it because I killed all those cows that I only got? That's yeah, probably because you told them they were going to be reincarnated. <laughs> <laughs> those are the words of a demon. <laughs> all right. Um, Chris, you want to uh, take us out of the storm and then to the uh, frying pan? Oh, man. All right. So, uh, because we are suffering from a major withdrawal of manliness, uh, we decide to go visit the marshal again in a in a mission called uh, Spare the Rod, Spoil the Bandit. And so we once again enter the site of the 
uh, little station that the lawmen have in Armadillo. And turns out Marshall is arming Eli and Jonah for a little assault against the posse that's been formed in the county. And they've been killing innocents. So this has to be put to an end. Um, and so we're told that uh, we could use some, or the marshal could use some help. And it's going to be a bloody job. He's done with the whole taking prisoners constantly. He, he, he doesn't want no one alive now. <laughs> He's adopted Jonah's philosophy of murder everyone. And so, Oh, yeah. I've got a job to do. <laughs> and uh, Marston's is mine because uh, he doesn't know any other kind of job. So they mount up and uh, make on make the trip over to uh, a ranch that they've been spotted by. Um, and so uh, on the way over, um, the marshal remarks that... Uh, Marston has met uh, Dickens and uh, talks, uh, really talks up the tonic that he's been had. Or, oh my god, that language. Jesus. He really talks up the uh, tonic that Dickens is selling. The miracle tonic. Uh, and it's that it's uh, helped a great many people in his county. Um, and Marston... Yeah, Eli kind of seems like an idealist, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eli's like, it's helped save many people. Miracles. The, the man is a great man. It's amazing. It's amazing what he's done with the town, folks. And then the marshal and Joan just look at each other and they're just like, yeah, snake oil salesman. Mm-hmm. Now, the marshal buys into it. He uh, actually mentions that um, it's uh, a medical breakthrough from the East and the result of years of research. Uh, Marston doesn't buy it. He, uh, believes that, um, Dickens is as much as a scientist as he is a priest. Mm-hmm. And knowing, uh, Marston's past, <laughs> uh, Dickens ain't no scientist. <laughs> and so, yeah. they have this little discourses yeah. back and forth about the times changing. Um, Marston doesn't really like it that much. But uh, he's warned that the times are changing fast, so he needs to adapt and quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Marston just kind of ends the conversation by saying, uh, "People can spend their hard-earned money however they please." He's really adopting the American idea of being able to do whatever you want. Um, and so uh, capitalism. Oh yeah, capitalism at its finest. Uh, but this little conversation is broken down when uh, Eli spots some vultures close by. And so the marshal sends uh, Eli and Marston to check out the scene and report back to him what happened. And uh, when we get there, we discover a raided camp. And it's probable that David was here at one point because not only are the people dead, but the horses are dead too. There are no survivors. God damn it. I don't kill people. (laughs) Damn you. Oh, you don't kill people. All right. So you were here with your gang. Your gang killed the people, and uh, you made sure the horses couldn't get away. 
Mm-hmm. Damn yes, you, string theory. See, see, <laughs> and clearly, you know, me knowing I would find my own doing, I left my own gun behind just for me to find. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, you advanced further in the game by playing all the body <laughs> missions first. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this gun that uh, apparently David had left behind turns out to be a Winchester repeater rifle, which, uh, for those of you that don't know, is considered to be the gun that won the West. So Marston just kind of takes this thing. He's like, this is mine now. None of you can have it. I need an upgrade. <laughs> so he just kind of pockets it. Um, and so they proceed to uh, the farm that they were going to. It's called uh, Ridgewood Farm, by the way. I don't think I mentioned that. Um, and so on the way, they have another little philosophical talk um, about uh, where Jonah remarks um, that some men are born plain evil for being able to do something like that. Looking at you, David. Um, but uh, Marston replies that uh, it's not necessarily that men are born evil, but it's the land that makes them evil. It molds them right. into it. So oh, nature versus nurture argument. Mm-hmm. And Marston's obviously on the uh, nature, the uh, nurture side of things, whereas yeah. Jonah's on the nurture. Um. And so, uh, as they go on, they spot another uh, little pack of vultures flying overhead. Um, and the marshal, possibly deciding that he wants a new gun for himself in case uh, David left another one behind at the scene of the crime, uh, he goes over with the entire group to uh, check out what happened. And uh, it turns out uh, it's another group of people who have been shot down. No survivors. And <clears throat> yeah, and it's uh, they've got some sleeping mats laid out, and they're gathered around this kind of weak fire with a cooking pot on it, and the embers are still kind of burning with some smoke coming off. Mm-hmm. So everything in the camp is uh, really fresh, so uh, they know that the posse is close by. Uh, so the marshal deduces that uh, since it's really close, they're probably headed to Ridgewood Farm to take out the entire farm itself instead of just these uh, little side groups. So the group decides that it would be prudent to uh, head on over to the farm. Um, and when we arrive, the farm is quiet. We get off of our horses and we begin to search around. I searched a uh, shed that was close to where we dismounted. Uh, the shed was empty, aside from uh, a couple blood stains from the, uh, like, slaughtering cattle, I'd assume, or chickens. Um, but aside from that, there's no one there. There's no bodies or anything. You can't hear any sounds of a farm. Um, and so, uh, continuing our search, uh, I don't know if it was random, but uh, for me, there was a storm that brewed up. And it made it yeah, really, it's random. Uh, <laughs> it's random. Yeah, it made the scene really foreboding uh, and mysterious because it was really quiet. Uh, there was no one around, no one walking. Um, and so Marston, or I, run over to the other side of the farm to check for people. Um, and I kick in at the door to the outhouse. And honestly, I'm thankful that there was no one in there. 
That would have been a really awkward situation. Um, but, uh, yeah, so no one's there. The farm's still empty. Um, so the marshal calls us over to gather at the barn, uh, which is uh, strangely boarded up. Um, so we're uh, the marshal tells us to uh, shoot off the boards on the barn. So eager to test out my new uh, Winchester repeater. I take it out, and I pop off the four uh, boards that are keeping us from getting in. And so uh, after I do that, uh, Eli and Jonah open up the doors, and we are treated to a massacre. All the people on the farm are found dead on the ground. There's one man that's been uh, stripped naked who is hanging from one of the beams. Uh, so it's clear that these guys are, like, they're pretty torturous in how they kill people. Uh, they don't do it quick. Um, and uh, it turns out, though, not everyone's dead. There is one woman hiding in the barn who rushes out and pleads for help. And uh, it turns out the uh, some of the members of the posse are still here on the farm. They're in the main farmhouse. And uh, they have some hostages as well, uh, some of her family members. And so... Yeah. Hmm? And uh, I, at this point, was kind of a little suspicious that they left this one woman alive. Yeah. So not only was she alive, she had all her clothes on. And she's like, oh, don't shoot, don't shoot. Um, I thought maybe she would lead me into a trap. Turns out she's pretty innocent. But still, <laughs> like... Yeah, that honor bar was so close to taking a negative tick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really weird that she'd be alive, especially in a place like that, where everyone was just, like, completely slaughtered. Um, I, I'd assume it's because she maybe played dead or something. Right, um, she hid or something. Yeah, but it's a bit weird if you think about it, how she was able to get away that easy. Um, but yeah, so... Being completely gullible and, uh, like, just believing in the uh, kindness of human nature, I believed her and uh, just ran off towards the farmhouse where uh, the posse decides to show itself, finally. And it takes a couple shots at me. Um, there was one guy on a second-floor balcony who I took out, um, but... While I was doing that, I got shot up by a couple guys on the bottom floor uh, who I did not think were there because it was really dark from that storm. <laughs> so I actually got taken down <laughs> pretty quick, Dang. Uh, which is a bit unfortunate for me. But on the second Look attempt... Look at the gun smoke. Look at the gun smoke. <laughs> man, the gun smoke is too hard to see when it blends <laughs> in with the gray background. <laughs> But anyways, I recovered from this, and uh, on my second attempt, I uh, took out the guys. Uh, I took out the guy on top first, but uh, I was able to find a bit of cover to take out the guys on the ground before they could get me again. Um, and then I ran over to the house, now that the way was clear, and there were a ton of guys in this house. Yeah, um, there were. Yeah, it, it became a really like close-quarter bloodbath in there. Um, so I think there were about five people on the first floor that I had to clear out, and it was basically going room to room. Uh, you start out in the uh, like a little reading hall or 
living room. I don't know what you would call that. It has a stairway leading up to the second floor, and it's mostly open once you walk in. Uh, there were a couple guys on the uh, second floor shooting down, uh, so I took them out. And there was another Wilhelm scream, which uh, made me happy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I shot them, uh, and then there were about three more that came running out of the kitchen at me. I'm assuming it's because they heard the Wilhelm scream, so they knew their friend was in danger. Uh, and so they charged straight at me, like, out of cover and everything, just out for blood. And I managed to take them down pretty easy because they ran straight at me, which was nice. Um, and so I made my way up the stairs and uh, over to a room with the first hostage, uh, the guy had his back turned. I don't know why he was... He, it looked like he was about to uh, make some advances on the uh, hostage that he had. It was a girl. Um, and she was having none of it. Uh, but he was really determined because I walked right up to him. I pulled out a knife. He did not notice me. I just <laughs> started stabbing him down. <laughs> um, so he was like... He, he had some tunnel vision on him. Uh, but yeah, so first hostage safe, I told him to get to the shed that I found when we first got to the farm for safety. Um, and I moved on to save the second hostage. It turns out there were only two hostages in there, uh, both women. Um, and so for the second hostage, uh, he was behind the door, which I bust down. And I was really shocked that I managed to get this, but, uh, so he had the hostage in the typical hostage fashion where he has his arm around her and a gun to her head with his head poking out from behind her. Um, and so I, I'm pretty sure I almost shot the hostage out of reaction, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I just managed to shoot him in the head and get the hostage safe, nice, which was nice. a nice surprise. So for once you didn't use the dead eye. Yeah, for once I didn't, which is, uh, <laughs> like, I, I didn't think to do it. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't used it in any practical situation. I'm terrible with it. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, uh, hostages are safe now, which was, uh, very nice. Uh, I felt good about myself. And so we went out to check on them in the shed, and all three of the women were, uh, gathered around there. Um, nice. And they actually started uh, chastising the marshal, which I took offense to personally because I love that man. Yeah. But um, they started uh, yelling at him, saying that uh, it's his job to keep them safe. Um, and he wasn't doing that. He was letting all these criminals run about. Uh, so his attempt to make up for it was to offer uh, money to whoever could capture the leader of this uh, little bandit group that was going around killing people. Um, yeah, and uh, if I can uh, interject here, because something I'm just now kind of realizing and remembering, mm -hmm. um, it, this does seem kind of out of the blue if you haven't been, like, just completing martial missions straight in a line, which there's a bit of an interruption with Dickens. Um, but when you first kind of meet the marshal, he's talking about um, the priorities, and uh, Marston is asking him to get Bill Williamson, but Bill Williamson is somebody who kind of doesn't have borders, whereas the marshal is trying to just keep 
um, stuff locked down in a small area where he can because he's only, you know, one guy. Um, so I guess that means largely keeping armadillos safe. Um, and this, all of this stuff is happening kind of outside of armadillos. So this is kind of directly what the marshal was already talking about. He was saying that basically he hasn't been stretching himself very far to make sure that like every criminal is taken care of and so this is really a situation where we see um, the people calling him out for uh, shirking his responsibilities of really protecting people and trying to do his best to contain everybody and I mean we're on his side because he is trying to be as practical as possible and he's helping us out and we see these bandits as the real monsters, but to these people who are living every day here, um, yeah, it, he's definitely done the wrong thing by not putting his own life on the line and letting them kind of soak up this criminal activity. So it's uh, it's kind of a real-world critique that kind of hits close to home in some respects and also uh, makes a lot more sense in the scope of this mission if you kind of uh, think about the larger role that they've been playing uh, that the marshal's been playing so yeah just wanted to interject that sorry yeah it's a good point I mean uh, we see uh, the marshal kind of uh, take a turning like character with the, the facial expression which again shows how good the game quality is like uh, for the time like you can tell like he uh, has a bit of a shift in his uh, mannerism where, like, before he's kind of cold about it, uh, offering money to just take out the bandits like they're just another problem. But uh, he actually turns and uh, looks like he actually feels for these people. Um, and uh, we see that when he uh, goes after the bandits himself, he uh, gets get grouped together, and um, they go after uh, a little segment that broke off to the south uh, of the farm, and that we're chasing uh, another group, I believe, that uh, had fled the farm when the attack started. Um, and so, uh, Marston and company go and chase down this group, and it turns out it's uh, Bill Williams's group that's been doing all this. Oh my! Oh, look at that! Good old Bill. <laughs> and once again, unfortunately, Bill has the high ground on us. And he's pointing another rifle at us and uh, getting Marson some flashbacks of uh, his first encounter with him in this county. Um, Don't do it, Marston. <laughs> I have the high ground. You underestimate my power. <laughs> so, more confident now that Marston has a little group behind him. Uh, he confronts Williamson and uh, tells him to surrender. Williamson, of course, says to basically screw off. I don't want none of your th anything you're offering me. Um, and so, uh, being the guy that he is, Williamson kind of backs off into the corner and uh, sends the rest of his posse down to go fight Marston. <laughs> and so Marston and company uh, take cover in a little abandoned shed that's uh, by the cliffside that he was talking to Bill with. Um, yeah, hmm? did... Did you guys think the terminology here was weird with shed? I mean, before, yeah. shed at the farmhouse was actually just kind of like an open air, like it was a wooden floor 
with a wooden roof and then uh, kind of like cow skins around the edges. Yeah. And then this shed was a brick broken down warmer. like brick room. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it, it had, like, very low walls. Like, they, it looked like they were just destroyed. Not only that, like, yeah. in the scene, they start shooting before they go for cover. So I'd like to point out that oh, right. the bandits are terrible shots. <laughs> they didn't even get one good shot. Hey, they're stormtroopers. It's true. They, yeah, they are stormtroopers. The Wilhelm's <laughs> It all makes sense now. So, uh, the group of lawbringers here take cover in the... Uh, destroyed shed, I guess we could call it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, and uh, Bill Williamson's men come down the cliff and uh, in a full-on cavalry charge at you. Yeah, and, they, clearly they abandoned their high ground and managed to come straight down yeah. to you. <laughs> Which is really surprising. I was expecting that to shoot upwards, but nope, yeah. they came right to us. <laughs> Which was very convenient for me, because I could just pick them off with that nice auto-aim system that Rockstar has. Um, yeah, maybe what they're trying to say is where you took cover was uh, that viewpoint they had before wasn't a good vantage point anymore. But yeah, <laughs> they kind of gave up the... Uh, the whole shooting from up above thing before you got in there, I feel like. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, essentially, it, which, another thing which is strange, Williamson sends his men down in waves. Like, he expects a group of, like, five guys to take you out, and they don't. They mostly all die while they're on the horse charging at you. The ones that get off their horses to uh, get into cover also die because they don't know how to shoot you. They're 100% stormtroopers. And then he decides to send down a second wave of about seven guys. Yeah. Whereas he could have just overwhelmed you with numbers, honestly. But, yeah. So, he sends down wave after wave, and uh, they all come from the same direction. Apparently there's only one hill down from that cliffside that's yeah. safe enough. To avoid doing a David. Flanking isn't a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so you end up taking them all out, and uh, Bill Williamson's right-hand man, apparently, I I believe is his right-hand man. Yeah, um, that's what it seems. Norman Deke. Oh, boy. Uh, He ends up being in the last wave that attacks him. Oh, hold up, Hmm? hold up. Hold up. David, introduce Norman Deke. (laughs) <laughs> Last second, I forgot. Wow, throw me on the spot. On the spot. All right, Norman Deke. I don't Norman remember Deke. much of him. He likes Deeks. <laughs> One could say he's a Deacon. Let's see. Mm. All right, good job, David. Back to you, Chris. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Um. So, yeah, uh... With the rest of his men dead, Norman Deke surprisingly isn't alive, much to the dismay of Jonah and much to my approval, because Jonah is probably sad. Yeah, um, not even considering that you killed so, everybody, so it was kind of convenient that it goes into a cutscene just like, ah, oh, we got this one random guy, even though we shot him all in the head and the chest. Norman D, look. Yep, and he just so happens to be really important. Yeah, he has to be the right hand man. He can help us lead us straight to Williamson. Look at his mustache and his little hat. 
Yeah, and, and Jonah kind of does that, uh, the thing that the Joker does in The Dark Knight, where he kind of, he jumps on that guy. Uh, doesn't he jump on, uh, Batman after Batman wrecks his motorcycle, and he's like, woof, woof. He, Jonah does that to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after having his fun with them, uh, the marshal gets him tied up, and, uh, tells Marston that uh, he's going to prod this guy for information about Bill Williamson, and Marston thanks him. Marshall thanks Marston for his help, and they make their separate ways. And so, with that prisoner in tow, and Marshall taking care of business, getting ready to uh, grill him for info and make their hit on Bill Williamson, Marston decides to visit his old friend, Mr. Nigel West Dickens to collect that favor that he owes him. And the next mission called You Shall Not Give False Testimony Except for Profit. And so we're in the town of Armadillo and witness Mr. Nigel West Dickens praising his product as he is being kicked backwards out of someone's home. <laughs> he, uh... He he goes ahead and turns around to us, and we're like, hey, how's it going, partner? <laughs> and looks like it's uh, doing pretty good business, huh? And uh, he he goes ahead and introduces himself to us because, you know, we didn't already get that from the cart. And uh, he's like, hmm, I'm Dr. Nigel West Dickens at your service. And... Marston, and Marston's like, uh, at my service. In what? In, uh, life! Alright. Cool. Uh, noticed you, uh, healed up real nicely. And Dickens is like, oh, of course. I'm a master at the healing arts. I know everything. I studied in the East. <laughs> of Why shouldn't I be perfectly healed in such a short time? Never mind video game mm -hmm. mechanics. And, uh, Marston makes a joke about a mortal life. He's like, yeah, yeah, and I bet, uh, for just 550, I could have the secret to a mortal life. And Dixon's just like, well, yes, that's quite right, sir. And there's not a lick of sarcasm in his voice. He's, he's like, oh, yeah, that's true. And, for just an extra 250 you could have an extra ounce of that life-giving liquid. <laughs> because apparently you need extra immortal life. Um, and then Marston's like, Haha, good shit, man. Uh, knock it off. And uh, Dickens is like, uh, what are you talking about? Uh, this is some good shit. I don't know why, like... I was just giving you a deal. <laughs> and Marston's like, dude, I said, stop. I ain't about <laughs> your swindling uh, ways. You know, <laughs> Dickens kind of, you know, crumples a little bit. And he's like, oh, oh, man. Oh, I'm, I'm so broke. Business is doing so bad. I don't know why. He's not admitting anything about his product. But then he's like, this is good product. I promise you. It's just people don't want to buy it so i'm gonna have to think of another way to 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 sell it and so uh he he asks marston to join him because you know 
apparently the way he pays Marston back is by making Marston do more favors. And so Marston climbs aboard and starts driving for some reason. Um, and they, they start heading towards Ridgewood Farm, which uh, the more astute among you <laughs> may remember that is where our previous mission <coughs> uh, kind of took a detour when that big uh, shootout happened. Yeah, the people are miraculously recovered. Yeah, yeah, they cleaned up nice. They both, they, they start driving over this way. And uh, they kind of recap how uh, they both heard of each other. Apparently, Marston has heard a bit about him. Probably he's talking about what he's heard from Marshall and Eli and Jonah. Um, and Dickens is like, yeah, I've heard of you. you got a reputation. Um, but Marston kind of lays it on thick. He's like, hey, you're swindling people. You're selling... You know, BS in a bottle. This is snake oil to the max. And uh, you're just, you're you're silver-tongued. And, uh, oh, oh, no, no, no. He, Dickens, is like, well, no, it's not that my product doesn't work. But people spread bad things about me because they're jealous. You know, I, I can't help but have the silver tongue that makes things sound amazing i mean my product really does great things you saw how it fixed me for instance and uh you know maybe i talk it up a little too much sometimes but it's still good stuff um and, and then uh dickens says you know i can act all right, and this is going back towards so what Chris was like. Oh yeah, he he likes Othello and everything else, and that's that's something that you need to do when you're selling things, no matter what it is. I mean, it could be bread. You still gotta act to convince somebody that bread will feed them. You know, like otherwise nobody's gonna eat bread. So uh, he he asks Marston to help kind of be a tool in acting. He's like, well. A lot of people around here don't seem to like my acting. Let's try you on them. Um, so, before we get into town, Marston, why don't you just hop off and I'll drive the rest of the way. Thank you for being my chauffeur for the time being. And so you hop off, <laughs> like, just around the bend before getting to that farm. And then I uh, I proceed to mash X and run into town <laughs> right behind his cart kind of inhaling the dust as it kicks up in front of me. <clears throat> and I see just a bunch of farmers and ranch hands kind of gathering up on this hill in front of that barn, which before had, you know, a bunch of dead bodies in it. But they closed the doors, so it's all good now. Um, and he's, he's standing on this hill with a wooden table, and on that wooden table are an array of tonics, there's a uh, kind of a shorter tonic bottle. It's a, a fat-bottomed bottle that uh, then peaks at a kind of toothpick top. At the top, uh, it's got like a red amber liquid in it, and then there's some other kind of like a shampoo bottle, nice, thick, and tall. And then they taper off where you squirt them out. 
those have nice labels on them and then there's like real little thin tall bottles as well and uh, <clears throat> he starts talking to everybody in that crowd he starts pitching to them his products and he starts asking them oh do you suffer from a sore back do you suffer from being tired um, do you guys remember any of the other things he was talking about being oh man ailments? it's like everything under the sun yeah headaches um, sore sore feet <laughs> um, sore upset hands. stomach yeah he, he promises that his tonic will actually cure all those things and more, as well as making you more virile. Um, makes you uh, kill in bed. Mm. And all the guys like that, they're like, oh yeah, oh. got some murmurs in the crowd. And then somebody in the audience is like, well, prove it though. And he's like, oh, yes, 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 yes. Well, what other way to prove that it works but then to pick a volunteer? So, yes, 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 you, sir. And he picks Marston <laughs> out from the crowd, which, you know, none of these people who all know each other even are suspicious of this <laughs> newcomer with scars on his cheeks. But he walks right on up. Ah, getting another drink. And, uh... Marston takes a, a deep swig of one of his tonics and immediately spits it out because <laughs> apparently it tastes like shit. <clears throat> but Dickens is like, yes, um, I learned the way to create this tonic from all of the Eastern medicine I studied. Mm. It makes you uh, it makes you see better than any man could ever see before. You have the eyesight of an eagle. And so... He tells Marston, now that he's got his better eyesight, to go ahead and shoot that skull on the wall over there. And so you'd see the crowd turn, and there's the farmhouse behind all of them. And there's a, a nice longhorn skull, kind of sparkling. And again, probably coincidental, but for me it's nighttime. So you've got this nice dark backdrop. And that, that porch again, like Chris was describing, is like <laughs> black. And you just see this sparkling cow skull. And I line up my revolver to take the shot because I don't need a rifle for a long distance. And I line it up right with the bottom right edge of the skull and take a shot. And everybody goes, oh, because I missed it somehow. <laughs> I don't know. But I did not fail. And so uh, Dickens is like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. It's just taking a moment to settle uh -huh. in. Why don't you try again? <laughs> and I nail it right in the middle of the skull. And everybody cheers. And Dickens is like, the eyesight of an eagle. I told <laughs> you it works. Then this, this thick man, sturdy man, walks up to Marston. He's got this long black hair and black beard. And he challenges him. He says, oh, anybody could hit a stationary target. But could you shoot my hat out of midair? Oh and so, not wanting to turn down the challenge and prove that the tonic works, Marston's like, yeah, I'll do that. 
a man stands here, and the game gives me a tutorial on Deadeye, which, again, <laughs> I haven't used since it gave me my first tutorial. So I'm, I'm glad to have it. The man throws his hat up in the air, and I just lock on four crisp shots and blow his hat to hell. It comes back down, and he's like, hey... You shot my hat! <laughs> so he gets real upset about it and uh, challenged me to a fist fight. And I'm like, alright, another chance to prove the tonic is perfect. And so I get ready for the game to give me a tutorial on how to fight and I immediately get slapped in the face because it's <laughs> begun already! And so I dodge back and I give him a three punch combo. And then I tackle him down to the ground, which it tells me I can do is triangle. And then I fail to punch him because it doesn't tell me you can punch him <laughs> when you're on top of him You're on the ground. Looking lovingly into his eyes. I can see. <laughs> yeah, eyes. so he just pushes me off. He pushes me off, and uh, we get right back at it, and I punch him a few more times till the man falls t- on his face. A couple of the other guys come to check on him, and the crowd cheers. And then Marston's turned around, going back to the table, just kind of getting some pats on the back. And you hear the click of a gun, and turn around to see that black-haired man. He's a white man, but he's black-haired. Black-haired man pointing his revolver straight at Marston. And Marston's like, oh, this ain't good. And the guy's like, you... You done offended me for the last time. I'm going to shoot you. So we have a bit of a, uh, what is it called again? Not Moral a Moral dilemma? I, I mean, <laughs> shoot him or shoot the gun? <laughs> what's, what's the... Mexican the standoff? West? Standoff, yeah, yeah. So we have a standoff. Deadeye yet again, and I, uh, I'm i careful not to lock on more than once and only onto his hand to disarm him because I don't want that negative honor. <laughs> and I just blow his hand clean off. He now only has a stump. But everybody cheers again, and Dickens is like, I told you <laughs> that tonic does good things for a man. And so the the camera kind of pans over the crowd as they all rush back to the table to buy some of the miraculous tonic. And Marston walks away triumphantly. And the man with the black hair stumbles up towards the table and mumbles, Well, there's no harm in trying one bottle. <laughs> so I guess he's gotten over the lost hand and wants to get some of that miracle cure. And, uh, yeah, so all all the eager customers have gone away with their fill of tonic for a lifetime because <laughs> it won't work. Spoiler! Um, and, and Dickens is just kind of like, hey, we're a good team, you and I. Made out tonight. And he still hasn't paid me anything, by the way. And uh, Marston's like, I'm out, bud. Like, this is it. This is the last thing I'm doing for you. Uh, this is an honest work. I'm not a fan of this because he's a good, upstanding fella. And Dickens is like, "Wait, hold on, though. I've I've got good good stuff to offer you. See, I've got smarts and I know things. I'll be 
as Odysseus was for the Greeks, for you. And Mars is just like, I don't know what the fuck you mean. And he's like, oh, we will Trojan horse Bill Williamson. Still doesn't know what it means, but like, <laughs> he, Dickens seems to be pretty sure of this working. And so he tells us, all right, there's one guy you gotta meet before we like go down on Bill Williamson. This guy named Seth, he's at Coots Chapel. Dude's very devout, but like he's super talented too. So you need God in your life is what he's telling us. And so Marston kind of walks away with these these thoughts of uh, religion and Seth on his mind. And we're, we're ready to dip into the good book from our friend Seth for the next time we meet. Oh, boy. Ain't that a cliffhanger? Well, that completes our session, doesn't it? I think it does. Yeah, it does. That will be this week's episode of Red Dead Redemption. And uh, we'll be meeting up to do the next six chapters where we'll meet Seth. Um, we'll, we'll figure out what's going on with Bonnie's quest line. And uh, maybe even uh, wrap some things up with Bill Williamson. Or maybe not. I don't know how far off that is. We'll see. Maybe he'll run away again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll never wrap things up with Bill Williamson. I mean, Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, oh my. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Nah, I'm just kidding. The Bill Williamson thread wrapped up in a... Uh, exclusive Red Dead Online event uh, the year after it was released, so y'all missed out. <laughs> oh, are you serious? Oh, man. No. No, no, I need to... No, no, no I, need a, I need to implement all of this Rockstar Online features now. I have to update my version to 1.02 now. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah. Yeah, boys. Successful uh, episode two. You ever ride down? Well told. Well told. I'm sure the audience loves it. I'm sure. And, uh, is beautiful. You can stop recording now if you're still recording. Oh, oh man. All, All right. right. I thought stop we were going to do a goodbye song, but I guess not. But I guess not. It's, he already yeah. stopped it, so that sucks. How could you forget the goodbye song? Goodbye. Say goodbye. Wow. That's rude. You just could. Well, there's no point anymore unless you want to, David. Me? Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I will continue the goodbye song and the hello song in the next episode to continuation as to make up for the goodbye song. Yep. Well, bye, I guess. We're there. No goodbyes.